welcome to Visa Talks, interesting discussion with interesting people from all around the world. I'm your host for today, Maria Roja, and I am delighted to be joined by Christine Schick. Christine is a customer-centric, high-performing, driving leader with 13 years experience and a passion for a strategy. She's focused on creating globally consistent yet locally relevant integrated expansion plans and campaigns for tech companies. Christine is Senior Director of International Expansion at Pandadoc. Pandadoc lets users create, share, and sign official documents online. Its customers are currently distributed across 130 countries, and in the last year, its user base has grown by 80%, with revenues jumping 63%. That's crazy. Christy, you're very welcome to the show. Thank you for being here and sharing your experience with us. Thank you for having me. No, thank you for being here. Let's move on because I have a number of things I would like to discuss with you today. Like, let's start because how did Pandadoc come to the conclusion they needed localization, which was the, the reason why they started with this? How was the journey and what was the driving force? Yeah, well, when uh, when they hired me, they told me that they're having a lot of different feedback from customers that were requesting different localized versions of our software in different languages. So uh, a lot of the demand came from our customers and the need for localization came from our customers, which is great. We always try to listen to customer feedback and take that into consideration. So uh, as we were looking at the roadmap, realized that that localization was something that was necessary in or to be successful globally. Um, Pandadoc already had a lot of customers internationally when I came on board, which was great. And they were already quite happy to use the English version, but of course wanted more. And I think in the world that we live in, personalization, personalization is so important and, and um, localization is part of that, making it personal to the users, making it feel like it was made for them. And um, our customers wanted that as well. So a number of different language requests that we started looking at when I came on board last year um, that were already there and already users wanting and needing the software to be localized. Well, it's been only a year and it's still a year you've done so much. I mean, it's, it's crazy that when you say a year, you think only of 12 months, but what happened in this first year of localization journey that you've gone through with Pandadoc? How did you choose which markets did you want it to focus on? Yeah, it's been a journey already. Yeah. yeah. Just a year, but it, um, we've done a lot. So when I started, I got the assignment to start looking at which countries and languages we should be tackling. So I did a ton of research and I looked at how other companies had selected their markets. I listened to many of different types of podcasts like this one, um, read articles, talked to other people that do this and, and trying to figure out how to best choose markets because most of the time these decisions they come from the CEO and you just kind of get handed them but in my case I had the luxury of being able to to pick these and pitch them to the executives so after uh, some research I realized I needed to create 
a scoring model that evaluated a number of factors, anything from does this market have good internet connection because we're a SaaS company to, you know, what's the level of, um, of uh, language skills when it comes to English because realizing that for a while our part of our customer journey would be in English. And um, to, of course, demand, where are, where's the current demand? Where's their potential demand? Where's the barriers? And all these things I gave negative and positive scores to. And there were many different criteria that I looked at for many countries and eventually uh, landed on six. Um, well, actually, I landed on 10 that I then pitched to the executives. And, and um, we narrowed it down to the top six that we wanted to pursue from there. So um, that was a fairly easy path to yes, because the company was very much ready to start localizing, to start going into new markets. And um, and yeah, not quite sure, I think, at that point, what it meant in terms of when they, what they said yes to, but uh, I uh, they were very much ready to do the journey. Um, so we started looking at what it would um, take to do this. And I realized quickly that in order to launch in six markets, I needed some help. So I hired a few people that I worked with before that uh, I knew were amazing at what they do. And uh, thankfully they said yes. And um, quickly I also realized we needed an LSP and we chose VistaTech and started working with, uh, with you guys on that. Um, but uh, from there, we um, had to internationalize the whole software, both for web and mobile. There was no internationalization done. So um, the uh, executives gave me a deadline, which I told them was not possible in the beginning, uh, which was uh, end of October. We were already in July at that point. Uh, so internationalization and localization for web, mobile, and all the assets we needed, like websites and everything, by end of October seemed quite impossible. But um, after uh, some back and forth and some vendors even telling us that it would take us a year, uh, we had assembled a team of engineers and some help and and uh, we started the journey of doing it. And um, I think everyone internally thought we would were crazy and <laughs> that we would. <laughs> That we wouldn't hit this deadline that they had given us, um, but we made it in the end and um, launched right at the end of October as planned in six countries and six languages. Um, and it was very exciting. But then came the then came the question of you know now what? <laughs> how do we how do we um, accelerate the growth that we want to see here? Because of course we had a marketing plan and, and all these things and go to market plan, but uh, we want we wanted more. So um, we started working on that, and my team really broadened their roles and their scope. Um, went from localization to now doing all types of international expansion work, all of us. And um, we uh, then joined in January, a program that, is, that our CEO has set up here at PandaDoc that is based on a book called Zone to Win. Um, it's a framework for a discovery motion, as they call it, where we enter incubation and become a very self-sufficient team. And so we did that. And we took on all this um, international expansion work from sales and marketing to operational work, uh, as well as continuing the localization for our users. And so in, uh, 
in January, things changed quite a lot. And like I said, uh, the team really stepped up and uh, we all now have new job descriptions with very broad responsibilities, tackling all aspects of international expansion, um, which has been quite successful. And we are uh, very excited to continue this um, this year to see how else we can be this very self-sufficient team that has a lot of decision-making and, and um, capabilities to see the full picture as well as we go on furthering this journey of international expansion in, at Pandadoc. Well, are you sure all this was just in a year and not like <laughs> five minutes? It feels like three, but it was also went really quickly. <laughs> My goodness. I mean, like six countries in one year. Uh, yeah. It sounds like you had a tough year, but you guys made it and you made it possible by working together, as you said, and yeah, seeing everything in a full picture, working hard. Oh my God. Seriously, it did sound like a three-year journey, not a one-year, <laughs> for sure. For sure. So congratulations for that. But yeah, as you said, what is next then? I mean, like now I'm excited to know what you guys are doing next. But before you tell me about that, I bet you found a whole lot of barriers uh, that you had to overcome <laughs> to be successful on this project. And in such a tight uh, time that you had, what would you say were the main lessons that you learned in this year while you were trying to localize in six different countries? Yeah, there were many. Um, I think the, the first thing that I started looking at was how we educate the organization. Pandadoc is an incredible company and I feel very lucky because we are already very global in nature. So I came on board and this was one of the things that attracted me to Pandadoc that they were actually founded by two uh, founders that were from Europe. Um, there had they already had a number of employees in Europe, um, and you know there was a lot of that kind of global DNA in the company already, which made it uh, much easier. Even though it's an American company, they were already used to having people in different countries and regions, and internally dealing with multiple languages and you know anything from HR uh, to operational items in different countries. So that made it actually a lot easier than. Um, um, at my previous uh, companies where they've been much more um, settled in the US first and really having to introduce a lot of those aspects to the company uh, in addition to localizing and doing all the work on the external side towards the customers. Um, but it came with another set of challenges when we looked at, you know, what is localization and how does this impact our customers? Why should we localize? All these questions were still there because although we were used to it internally, um, we weren't used to doing this for our customers. And, and so we had to go through a number of different um, alignment points where we assembled first a uh, task force and tried to you know, make sure all the departments were aligned to the plans because this would impact customers in different ways. And we want to educate them on what this meant and what does it mean to go into new markets. And, and that was certainly challenging at times to get everyone to wrap their head around. You know, This is now a new audience that 
doesn't necessarily understand what you're producing in English. And now we need to take that into consideration from the start and maybe mindful of that. And, and um, I was very much uh, an advocate for having the whole customer journey uh, in their respective languages, because now we are selling to an audience that perhaps will then have a knowledge gap, if not, and, and could sure mm -hmm. know, have a difficult experience if we miss something. So we looked at really everything from start to finish and, um, and getting our hands around that was also, you know, something we needed to figure out. It isn't just the software or just the website. It's all the emails they get. It's the support side. It's, it's the interactions they have with us, even through our chats, like all these different things. And, and we aren't um, perfect yet by any means. There are still areas where we need to vocalize and fill in those gaps, but we try to cover all the most important points and look at it from that customer's perspective first and not just kind of what would look nice or be flashy, but really what, what does the customer need in order to have a good experience with us, which I think is so important when you start vocalization. Um, so those things were challenging. I think um, another challenge that we keep solving for is the scope. Um, we are very lucky to be an international expansion team and, um, and localization is part of that, but that means that our scope is very big. Mm. <laughs> so um, so it's, um, it's not only localization, which is huge in itself, and many teams, you know, have a, have a struggle of wrapping their heads and minds and hands around that. We also tackle all these other topics of how we go to market and how, um, how we, you know, take PandaDoc into these markets strategically. But at the same time, it is a blessing for the team that is working on localization as they get to really be empowered to make strategic decisions as to what gets localized. They control the budget of, of localization and, and what we localize and why we localize certain things and, and can also help guide other departments when they come to us with requests um, for users that they're interacting with on this is where we wanna take this and how we are going to market. Uh, and here's why we should localize these assets instead of maybe what you originally thought about. So. There's pros and cons to this <laughs> for sure. Um, but yeah, I think um, think one of the main lessons um, this year has been like it just takes time and it we're not there yet, but we have done a lot of work and it just takes a lot of time to get there and and having that patience have, has definitely been challenging as well. <laughs> well, you're in the right path for sure. And um, it's always, I mean, there's always a uh, a path to follow and there's things to learn from and you're you're doing the right thing so that's that's the good thing to do and you kind of uh introduced it before uh when you were talking about the challenges you have and aligning with the client and all that but how how do you do at pandadoc aligning localization with other strategic functions in the organization because you were talking about it and you need to, in order to do all these things you were saying, you need to activate key departments to go global. Uh, as you were saying, you know, it's it's not only in the country, but also like uh, the emails and all that. So how do you do it with the web, the international marketing team? Uh, tell us a little about it. Yeah, I always say like international expansion is a team sport. Like you cannot do this on your own and and uh, you cannot go at this journey alone. You need the other teams and departments within your organization to pull along with you because 
it's huge. And um, we certainly have, have done a lot to try and align to those departments, figure out what their needs are. And I think this is kind of the part of the magic of a, an international expansion team and localization in general is you really get the big, broad picture of the organization. You see what they're all doing, what they're all working on, and how that fits together. So we spent a lot of time just understanding what each and every department's what they work on and what are their assets and what did they do with them and how do so our customers use those assets and and um, and where do we maybe have gaps for our international audience as well, which is just as important to identify. Um, but from there, yeah, we've created tons of materials for our organization. Uh, we have an internal wiki page where we post updates educating them on um, on international markets, on how we go to market our strategy. Uh, like I mentioned, the task force was critical in the beginning to, to work with the different departments and help align. And then I think the central governance um, is something we're very lucky to have at Pandadoc for localization and internationalization in general. Um, we are, like I said, a very self-sufficient team that then can span out to different departments, but at the end of the day, it comes back to us and we have that big picture and the big overview. So what's happened is that other departments will come to us and seek advice now and what should we localize? How should we do this? Can you help us? Uh, which is uh, great. There's no one kind of going off in their own direction, which mm -hmm. I have had happen before and it's um, hard to wrangle. And so very happy at PandaDoc that it is so centralized and that we get to be part of all those conversations with the different departments because they really, they need us <laughs> in order to do yeah, the they work. Do. Yeah, they do. And as much as we need them as well, of course. Of course, hundred percent. It's a teamwork. Yeah, uh, I love the internal wiki page. I think we, we need to talk about that in this tech too, <laughs> so we all understand each other's job. I mean, I think it would be great. It's a, it's a great idea. Uh, would you be willing to share with us how does your localization team operate on a daily basis? Yeah, I am. Um... <laughs> I don't really have a perfect answer to this because every day is so different. Oh. <laughs> uh, it is seriously, it varies so much, but I think what has been really good over the last six months since we launched is that the team has, like I mentioned, broadened their scope and evolved their roles quite a bit. So they do localization, but they also do all these other things and it allows them to, to, um, to become very strategic, but also to have a different day every day. There is no like manual, you know, their manual tasks, but they're not as frequent and repetitive and they're uh, because everyone is doing so many different things in their role. So as an example, I hired someone um, in a quality role for quality management for localization. And she's now become this amazing globalization manager who's looking at the entire product and, and how we globalize the product and add functionality for users in addition to quality uh, for localization. So her day-to-day -day changes and has changed and evolved and yeah every team member on my team has um, had this experience so no day is the same um and I bet they love that <laughs> they love that exactly yeah. now I ask them if they want to give it up and they're like no oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I'm sure as we grow this will change and evolve um but yeah we interact with a ton of different departments but we also run a lot of uh, work with contractors then we outsource of course a lot of the localization in terms of our uh, LSP visit attack but 
we also do, you know, work with um, with different linguistic people that are directly contracted with us to review everything quality wise. Mm-hmm. Um, to take a look at the keeping that consistency, which is so important to keep that globally consistent tone of voice where we can. And then of course, adapt it as much as possible to the local markets as well. Well, I think it's great that they like at your work, you don't do exactly everything every day and that you can learn new things. I think that's what it makes you grow and that what it makes you want to go to work every day, you know, like do something different, learn something every day. Yeah, so, it's so important, I think. And it, it is, is very important and you give them that opportunity and they're very happy about that. So yeah, we all are. So yeah, used to that. So um, is there any advice that you would give to our audience uh, about going global as a startup or a unicorn? And if you do, what would be your top two tips? Yeah, there are lots of things that we've learned um, that also were things that I validated through when I was doing my research, when we were looking at international expansion, how to best do this at PandaDoc. And I think one of the things that I realized quickly was um, even before I took this job was the executive buy-in and how important that is at any company that that you go to uh, making sure that they're really ready to go into new markets. And um, I think you're only truly successful if they, if you're the top of your organization are advocating for it and want it. And it's part of your company OKRs. Like that was certainly the case at PandaDoc when it came on board. Our CEO was a big advocate, but it was also part of every um, of every quarter's company OKRs. I don't know how many all hands at 6 a.m. I presented at in my first six months. Um, but it was uh, it was so important for the business. And I think that's how the rest of the company really got excited as well and rallied behind it and how we got so much momentum to do things really quickly. So it really trickles down that buy-in that the executives had. Um, and I would say that would be one of the things I would look for if I were to start somewhere else again is that executive buy-in from the top, having it part of the company objectives. Um, Another thing that uh, has been important is finding that the balance of local versus localized as well. Um, And really looking at what do we localize versus what do we create locally from scratch? And this year after launching, we became a bit more focused on that uh, and looked at what are the content that we need to have in local language from scratch, Uh, hiring freelancers to help us create some of those articles and working with different resources. And and, uh, even on the website, we are now testing some content that are created locally from scratch. And I don't think that's a sustainable way to do everything by all means. I think it does slow you down in some areas uh, when doing it that way. So really finding that balance between localization and local because localization is amazing for gaining the speed and momentum and scaling and growing quickly because it is so much faster to do than creating that local content from scratch. But at the same time, users want to feel like it's made for them in their market to them specifically. So having some parts that are local and locally relevant is really, really important. Um, So that has been a a big big learning for us this year of uh, how do we create that balance and how do we figure that out? Um, we were also faced with a lot of um, chicken or the egg scenarios <laughs> over the last year. 
So uh, I think for anyone working in international will probably recognize that there's always that chicken or the egg and people are like, well, should we do this? How many users do we have doing this? Or, or how many users do we have using this part of the software? And, and then it's turning that on its head and saying, well, how many users could we have? Because it's a new market. So how much, how many users could we have if we localized or if we did this? Or how, would the mar how much potential is there to attract that instead of only looking at what we currently have and shifting that mindset and explaining that we have to do some work up front. They, mm -hmm. they will probably come, we will make them come, we will promote this, we'll get this out there, you know, and then we can look at those other metrics they're used to looking at to see whether or not we should make a decision. So a lot of chicken or the egg scenarios constantly. <laughs> we will make it work, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I think also, the other thing that that we've learned is that it snowballs very quickly and for an organization that's considering should we or should we not go global or go international it's important to understand that once you start it's hard to stop <laughs> and be ready um because it's an exciting journey but it takes a lot it takes a lot of effort and and thought and and you know be ready for that because it won't stop. I saw a LinkedIn post uh, yesterday where someone said it's like adopting a pet. Localization is like adopting <laughs> a pet. And, and I was like, yeah, international in general is like that. It's a commitment, right? You you can't just, you know, hand it back. <laughs> so, yeah, so make sure you're ready. Um, but um, really, my top two advice uh, would be to start early. Like if you're a young company that are thinking of when do we do this, the sooner you start, I think the easier it'll be. And you can take small steps now, like even just start wrapping code and internationalizing your software or start thinking of, you know, when you pick a tool for your website, how easily is it to localize it? Or, you know, just start with some of these smaller things and gather the knowledge you can at the moment because it will be so much easier than the heavy lift you have to do when you're bigger. Um, and that is a lesson many companies have to learn later, but the earlier you can get going with some of those parts, even if you don't do the full-blown expansion plan, I think is it helps you in the long run tremendously. And um, my other tip is like learn from others. I think none of us have all the answers. This is such a still such a broad topic, but also so unfamiliar to so many. So learn from others. There's there are people doing this <laughs> outside of you, and and there's so many people that are have great ideas, and what works for them might not work for you, but there's always something there to be learned in their successes and failures, and okay. and how you can apply that to your organization. So, you know, keep asking questions, keep being curious and just learn from everyone you meet as much as you can. Yeah, don't be scared of failure too. Yeah, absolutely. That's equally important. There's so much to learn in your failures. So much. And uh, you can do six countries in one year. That's another tip. I mean, that's another learning. You can do six countries in one year. Yeah. something we learned actually <laughs> no fun. of course you can i mean like if you have a team behind you that is supporting you a company that is supporting you i mean yeah that's critical yeah yeah <laughs> well those are great tips and i bet our audience is already listening to it and taking notes and making sure they can do this next year for sure they're already working on it 
And it's been really fast, actually, but we are at the end of the interview. So is there anything else you would like to share with our audience today? Anything? There's so many different areas of this topic that we could cover, but I think, you know, to the people that that have these roles that are in these roles for international expansion and so on, I, I think we truly are so lucky. We have like the best jobs, but also, you know, it can be sometimes a bit of a lonely job and a lonely journey because you are, a, you know, sometimes feel like a small part of an organization that's doing a big job uh, and sometimes feel like you're doing, you know, what everyone else, the whole company is doing for one market you're maybe doing it for six or 13 or five if you know so many um so you know work with peers that are doing similar jobs elsewhere and and you know start building bonds with the other departments and explain what you do because so much of this is you know part of it is just we people don't know what localization is i i get the question all the time how many of these languages do you speak and how many does your team speak and it's it's not about that um but um but it certainly helps but it's not about that and and when people start wrapping their head around um international and localization and all of the different topics that we cover um they really are amazed and i do think we have truly the best jobs we have there's so much to learn in this role and there's so much uh, knowledge to be gained and it's really a, an exciting time to be in this type of work as well where we can um, be part of this change that we're seeing in the world where localization is becoming more and more important and people are being more attracted to it as well with foreign shows and and different things so yeah it's a good time to be to be doing what we're doing um, but it's definitely comes with a lot of fun challenges as well <laughs> It does. And you're right. It's not all about how many languages you speak, which is something really funny because everyone thinks that because we do work in localization, you need to speak like 300 languages or you won't be doing your job right, which is funny that they make this assumption. The other day we did an event that it was with our brand All Things Global. It was called Best Practices for Building a Global Center of Excellence with uh, Nicole Kittle Bro from Rocco. And the first thing she said is uh, sometimes she thought she was the only um, localized, she's director of localization at Roku. And she said, sometimes I think I'm the only director of localization who only speaks English. That's my only language. I don't know any other language. <laughs> and you know, so many people who were attending the event were writing, me too, I only speak English, you know? And it's so funny that, that you're saying this now, it's, it's, there's no need, you guys are great at your work and that's all that needed, you know? I mean, you know what you're doing when you're talking about localization and when you're going to other countries and what the customer needs, which is the most important yeah. thing. You don't need to learn, I mean, you don't need to know every single language that is spoken into the countries that you guys are going but it's yeah. something that people think you do right yeah I certainly think it it really helps with empathy when you do know another exactly. language um so you can really empathize I mean for me I learned English when I was six and my native language is Norwegian but uh, I um you know can empathize with so many of my family members don't speak English yet and I, I you know bring my husband who only speaks English to them and <laughs> hard to communicate so I think you you generate some empathy and that really helps you in your role to understand what the users are going through and the customers you know that you deal with but 
by all means, uh, this is why we have amazing LSPs who can who can do the localization for us and we don't have to speak all these languages, thankfully. So. Yeah, exactly. There's no need. You just guys know what the customer wants and you empath empathize, as you say, with them. And that's that's all you need. You don't need to speak a thousand languages. Yeah. <laughs> well, this was a great uh, Vista Talks. Thank you so much. Uh, this is the end of today's show with Christine Schick. Thank you, Christine. Please make sure to tune in again to see and or to listen to the next to the next Vista Talk show, where we will be discussing more interesting topics with interesting people from all around the world.